As we continue in worship, uh, let's uh, look to God's Word. And uh, if you have your Bibles at home, please take them and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. Uh, I've decided just for this week at least to take a little uh, detour from our uh, study in the Gospel of Luke to go to a few a passage that I believe uh, would encourage your hearts and I know it has encouraged mine. In the past, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. Let's listen to the Word of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would glorify yourself now through the proclamation of your word. Use, Lord, this earthen vessel to proclaim the treasures of your truths and your word. Father, may your spirit fill each of us, cause your word to be received in the hearts of each one, speak to each one exactly as, as you would intend your word to go forth and accomplish in their lives. And Lord, we thank you that you give us this daily bread, this essential food of your word, We know that we do not live on bread alone, but we live off the very words from your mouth. So thank you, Father, for this time of feeding and and nourishment. Build up your church and grow your church through this time of study in that you, you would use it to comfort your people and cause us to look more to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Over the past month, <clears throat> month we have uh, witnessed a, a quite a significant upheaval in our lives and in our world. A microscopic virus has spread from Wuhan and has come throughout the whole world and come to our corner of San Francisco. It doesn't show any signs of slowing soon. Nations have closed some of their borders. Travel has practically ceased. Throughout the world, governments have ordered people to shelter in place, just as we have. Foods and goods have flown off shelves. Long lines are now the norm for acquiring what little is left. Economy has slowed greatly, leading to loss or decreased jobs. The stock market has nosedived, leaving many with much less savings. Plans and lives have been placed on hold. And every day, the number of cases of coronavirus disease increase, taxing our hospitals and medical personnel who are serving courageously with the too few supplies, too few tests, too few equipment. And every day, people are dying from this disease and entering into eternity. All this from one small virus. We have certainly been reminded that we are but human. As great as our strength and knowledge and our abilities, we cannot escape our frailty of mortal flesh. Brothers and sisters of Essa Bible, I hope that wherever you are watching, 
with us this morning. That you are well. That you find yourself secure in Christ. I hope that your faith in Christ has given you peace. And that you have family or, or friends or loves of others who can support you and encourage you in this time. But if you are feeling anxious or afraid about what we are facing, know that it is completely normal. Many feel the same way, as do I at times. It is, as its name, a novel coronavirus. It is something that we have never faced before. And while our circumstances are new and changing constantly, we know that our God has not changed. And as we focus on him through his word, I hope that you will find hope and encouragement in our steadfast God, the God who does not change, whose promises are still ever true, whose love and kindness and care for us is ever present. Our passage today is one of the very first thoughts that came to my mind as we began to wrestle with the reality of COVID-19. It's a passage that speaks to how the servants of Christ do not lose heart in the face of adversity. We do not lose hope. We do not quit. We do not despair. We are not disheartened. And this passage tells us why. The book of 2 Corinthians, or the letter of 2 Corinthians, is written by the Apostle Paul to a church that he had founded in uh, Acts 18. It is a letter that is a defense of his apostolic ministry. Paul here in this letter defends his ministry against false apostles who, uh, <clears throat> who had uh, charged him of, being, uh, of error. And he defends himself by sharing his own heart and his own attitude towards the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In this letter, he shares of his trials and his triumphs, his pain and his passion, his fears and his faith. And as fellow servants of Christ, brothers and sisters, we too can learn much from his perspectives for life and for ministry. A significant portion of his letter in the first seven chapters is devoted to the idea of God's comfort in the midst of affliction. This passage that we're looking at today is found in the middle of this section. And in this section, God gives comfort to his people so that they do not lose heart in the midst of affliction. Twice in this chapter, in verse 1, as well as in verse 16, Paul states this very important phrase, we do not lose heart. It is a major theme of this chapter. The word that's translated lose heart means basically to give up. To give up because one feels weak. Give up because one feels overwhelmed by, by fear, by our circumstances, by difficulties, by afflictions. Or in other words, simply to quit. So Paul says, we don't quit. As servants of Christ, we don't lose heart. We don't allow ourselves to be disheartened. We don't give up trusting and following Jesus. Despite the attacks upon his character and his ministry, despite the constant challenges of ministry, of, of ministry itself, uh, according to verses 7 to 12 of this chapter, Paul doesn't quit glorifying God through his life and ministry. And brothers and sisters, I hope you do not give up glorifying God through your life and ministry. 
We learn here that Paul does not lose heart in the midst of trials and afflictions because Paul understands eternal realities of being in Christ Jesus. And as we study these verses, I want to remind not only myself, but I want to remind you of three particular realities in Christ that keep us from losing heart. In the face of increasing adversity and uncertainty, these realities strengthen our hearts. They strengthen our our faith. They remind us of the bigger picture. They give us perspective as we step back from the pandemic that's all around this world, as if we could look from a heavenly perspective, an eternal perspective upon what is happening in our world and what's happening in our lives, that you would be encouraged to not lose heart. Each reality that we're going to look at this morning is represented by a contrast in each of these first, uh, these three verses. And so we come in, let's look strictly at the text in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. The first reality in Christ that keeps us from losing heart is in verse 16, and it is our, our constant renewal, our constant renewal. Paul writes in verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Our outer man here, Paul, or some of your translations have as our outer self, it refers to basically our physical body. In the previous verses, Paul has already referred to his body several times, verse 7, verse 7, 10, and verse 11. And Paul says about this body that we have, that he has, and all of us have, is a body that is decaying. It's constantly decaying. It's a present tense. It's always ongoing. This word decaying means to destroy. It was used of rust eating iron and moth that eat clothes. Our bodies are like iron that rust is eating through. It's like clothes that the moths eventually eat through. Eventually, the iron develops and there are holes in the iron, holes in the clothes. That is our body. Our body is constantly decaying. Now, in the very direct sense, Paul is referring to the destruction of the body through the aging process. As all of us age, all of us, our bodies are decaying. But as all, <clears throat> and as all humans grow older, our body grows weaker until it fails and we die. However, for Paul, because of the nature of ministry, his body was also undergoing a daily dying as well because of the ministry. In verse 10, he speaks of always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. And in verse 11, of the constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. The very dangers and labors and hardships of serving the Lord wore on Paul's body. His physical body, his outer self was decaying continually because not only just of the aging process, but because of the ministry, the nature of one who is a servant of Christ. The work of, the, of serving the Lord is sometimes called a labor of love. It means we work hard at it. And when we work hard at things, there is inevitably a cost to be paid, energy that is expended. For Paul, his body was decaying. And for us, our bodies are decaying. Even before we ever heard of COVID-19, our bodies were already decaying. The reality of living in a sin-cursed world is that death is inevitable for us all. 
But now with this disease in our, present in our minds and our lives, we're simply just more mindful of it. And it unsettles us. So why didn't Paul lose heart, though his outer man was decaying? Well, Paul tells us. He understands the, the contrasting reality of what was happening inside, in his inner man or inner self. Paul writes, though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed. In contrast to the, our bodies that are constantly being, decaying, he writes about something that is happening inside him, his inner self, the spiritual part of, his, of man, the soul, the heart, the, the mind of man. Paul says this inner self, this inner man is being constantly renewed. In contrast to the physical decay, there is something completely opposite happening inside his being, his soul. It's this renewal that is taking place. It's, a, it's being renewed. Notice in the English, it's, it's a constant, uh, constant thing that's happening. The verb literally means to make new. Though Paul's body is weak and slowly decay inside, Paul's soul is being made new. The present tense indicates this ongoing, lifelong process that is taking place in each and every one of our lives, in our, soul, in our hearts. This verb is used in one other place in the scriptures, and that's in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. There Paul writes, Put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. You see, what begins at salvation and continues in the soul of every Christian is a renewal. It's a daily renewal, ongoing renewal, being made new, being renewed into the image of Christ. Paul understands this truth. He understands that on the outside, his body is decaying, but on the inside, his soul is being renewed into the image of Christ. And this is happening day by day. Brothers and sisters, this is what is happening to you if you are in Christ. Yes, though our outer man is decaying, yet your inner man, your inner self, is constantly day by day being renewed, being made new into the image of Christ. And this perspective motivates Paul and it should motivate us to not lose heart in the face of death and dying. For those of you out there that are not as young as you used to be, as we've heard from the reports, COVID-19 has a, a little bit of more significant impact on your life. We've heard reported that seniors are, <clears throat> are at increased risk of dying from this disease. And in talking with a few of you older saints this week, I really got the sense, though, that though that reality is, is in effect, I got the sense that many of you are not afraid. Yes, you are at greater risk. Yes, you could die from COVID-19. But overwhelmingly, as I spoke with a few of you, I, I sensed that your inner man, your inner self was shining through in our conversation See, throughout your life, God has been at work in your inner man. He has been renewing you into the image of Christ over your lifetime. Yes, you may not be as physically fit as you used to be, but you are more spiritually fit than many younger Christians today for the trials that we face. It is people like you that God wants to use at this time. Who knows? 
some younger person is probably going to call you this week or send you an email this week. Maybe a, they might even text you this week and ask you how you're doing and how, how can I serve you? How can I pray for you? <laughs> and, if, uh, and, you know, when you receive that call from them, just bless their soul. They just want to be helpful. But you, I hope, will seize the opportunity to encourage them. You have so much perspective to share with them as your soul has been renewed day by day, much longer than they have, theirs has been. When they call upon you, ask them how they're doing. Ask them how you can encourage and pray for them. And you can do so just by sharing even how your own walk with Christ is doing. God has been renewing your inner man for a purpose. And I believe that that purpose is for this time. For the rest of us, let us learn to focus at this time, not on the outer man, but on our inner man, our inner self. Many of us have been uh, probably rejoicing because we're allowed to go outside to, to exercise, right? And that's, that's a wonderful freedom. And we're spending much time and energy on making our bodies healthy and, or looking to look more fit or handsome or beautiful. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the scriptures would tell us that, that is, all of it is ultimately vanity because our bodies decay. Even as you have this extra time, be sure to spend time and energy on making your souls healthy, your inner selves fit. For the inner man, as the word of God tells us, is being renewed day by day. And that inner man that is being renewed will never decay, no matter what happens in our world, no matter how much our bodies, our, out, our outer man may decay. And that's what matters, our inner man, when our last day is numbered. Brothers and sisters, where, wherever you're at right now, just before the Lord, consider and ask him to show you the condition of your inner self, your inner man? Do you see it being renewed day by day? Is that where your focus is at upon your inner man? Or are you overwhelmed and discouraged because of the decay of our outer man? Paul had the perspective of realizing that though our outer man is decaying, he did not lose heart because he knew that his inner man is being renewed every day. Every day God is working to make you more like Christ. And may this trial of COVID-19 upon our lives help you to realize more and more each day that the life of Jesus is being manifested in your mortal flesh, in your life. That's the first reason why Paul does, uh, does not lose heart. First reality in Christ. There's another reality in Christ that keeps us from losing heart. And that's found in verse 17. And, and it is our incomparable glory. Our incomparable glory. Verse 17 says, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory for, far beyond all comparison. Again, we see another contrast here. But the, the verse begins with a conjunction, the word for. 
And that tells us that Paul is explaining how his inner man is being renewed day by day. How is that possible that our inner man is being renewed while even our outer man is, being, is decaying? One of the means that God uses to renew Paul's inner man is through affliction, through trials. It's the, the continual pressures and, and troubles of, of a life lived for God. As you know, as if you've read, read the scriptures, Paul was no stranger to affliction. You notice Paul's perspective on his present affliction. He, he calls it, it's affliction, but he calls it momentary and light. Momentary conveys something that happens immediately and then it's gone, like a, like a vapor uh, in Ecclesiastes. The word light here is, an, is a word that speaks of terms of, of weight. It means that it's like, it speaks of a load that is easy to carry, easy to bear. Yet when we consider Paul's afflictions in the ministry, as we as we read in 2 Corinthians and as well as elsewhere in Acts, they really seem anything but momentary and light. Paul, in fact, earlier in the chapter, in verse 11, said that he was constantly being delivered over to death. Furthermore, when we look at uh, chapter 11, verses 24 through 28, and we, you look there, and, and you get time to look there, the word light doesn't seem to fit in with his being, uh, the descriptions of his ministry, of the, the things that he endured, being whipped five times with 39 lashes, nearly 200 times being beaten. He's beaten three times with rods. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked in the ministry. If anything, from our perspective, Paul's affliction seemed continuous and heavy. It seems like if we had to go through this, it seems like it would be something too great to bear. But I think that's the point. From a human perspective, the circumstances of Paul's life were continuous. They were heavy. They were overwhelming. But from an eternal perspective, from God's perspective, a divine perspective really, they are momentary and light. See, Paul contrasts his present afflictions with that which they will produce in his life. He says, for momentary light affliction is producing. It's doing a work. It's working these things out. It's producing for us an eternal weight of glory. Affliction in our lives, trials in our life, produces an eternal weight of glory. What is this glory? Well, this glory is that future glory of being holy and blameless in the presence of Jesus Christ, where we are conformed into his image. We can look at 2 Corinthians 4.14 and Ephesians 5.27 for some of the references to that. See, the glory of being in Christ's presence here is described for us. And it is a glory to become more and more like Christ, to be completely and perfectly conformed into his image. Our image is being renewed day by day. It's becoming more and more like Christ. But one day, we will have the glory of being perfectly like Christ. And the glory of being in Christ's presence will be, in that way, will be an eternal glory. It's not a temporary one. It's not something that will pass, but it will be ours forever. What's more, it will be a glorious glory. The Hebrew mind, in the Hebrew mind, the word glory has, in contrast to the word light earlier, really has this idea of heaviness. When something was glorious or had glory, the word was uh, literally, often literally used of, of a weightiness, something, a good heft. 
so to speak, of the weight of this glory. It's speaking really of the, of the, of the greatness of this glory. It's almost like a picture. When, when Paul weighs on the scale, on one hand, his present afflictions, and then on the other side of the scale, his, his future glory of being with Christ, like Christ, the future glory is so much more greater in comparison. It doesn't compare. This is this moment. It's like having a feather on the scale compared to the eternal weight of glory. Paul's afflictions are momentary and light. It is so much greater that Paul adds the phrase, this glory is beyond all comparison. The glory that awaits us in Christ is not only eternal, not only is glorious, but it's incomparable. And Paul understood that this future glory far outweighed his present affliction. In Romans 8, 18, Paul also wrote, Therefore, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. See, Paul didn't quit. He didn't lose heart. He wasn't disheartened because he maintained a, a heavenly perspective, an eternal perspective, where the glory of being perfectly conformed into the image of Christ was far more precious to him than the comforts that he could have had in this life if he simply followed after, did not follow Christ. I know that for most of us, we don't want afflictions. Most of us don't want like trials. Most of us would <laughs> pray the Lord, I know that you got to do work for me in my heart, and I know that you do with the trials, but could you make it quick? We all want peace. We all want comfort. We want an easiness in life. But without affliction, the scriptures teach us, there is no producing a future glory in our lives. Or in other words, God in Christ uses trials to mold us into the image of his son. It is through trials that he shapes us and renews us, makes us each day more like Christ. Every day we live, we, we go through a, a host of, of various trials and afflictions, small ones and, and big ones. There are some that last just a, a moment. There are some that last week. Uh, there are some that last months, some that last years. But all of them Christ uses to produce in us an eternal weight of glory. A glory that awaits us when we're in the presence of Christ. Although the coronavirus pandemic may be the most difficult thing you have ever experienced in your life to this point, remember that your present afflictions are making you more like Christ. It causes, it causes you to learn to not only trust in him, trust in the Father, but I hope that it's also causing you to, to be stretched, to look upon others as Christ did, to look for ways that how you might serve your neighbor, how you might serve your, your family, your loved ones, how you might serve even some of the, the saints in this church who need your help. Often our, our focus is on the weight of our afflictions, the burden of our trials, I know even for myself, I felt this past week just a little more weighed down by the responsibilities or just even the stress of, of, being, of, being, a, of being, have a, having to work at home. 
and uh, be away from our office and from the other staff. And I tell you, if I can tell you honestly, I feel often inadequate for the task. How do we lead a, a church of so many through trial like this? But thankfully, our God is adequate. Thankfully, his word is sufficient. Thankfully, his spirit is powerful. And those are the things that we trust in. Those are the things that we are our, our focus. God is at work in my life and in our lives, producing in us an eternal weight of glory through this trial together. Let us not focus on the weight of our afflictions, but rather the weight of our glory that results from our afflictions. For the heavier the affliction, the greater even the glory. Paul understood this very same principle when he wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6-7. to when he said, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's the second reality in Christ. Our third and final a reality in Christ that keeps us from losing heart is found in verse 18. And that is our eternal hope. Our eternal hope. Paul, as Paul undergoes the afflictions in this life, uh, in his life, he explains that he doesn't keep his focus on the things that are seen, but rather he keeps his focus on things that are unseen. Verse 18, look at, there, uh, look at the scriptures with me. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. From the Greek word for look, we get our English word scope. Whether it's a telescope, a microscope, or the scope of a rifle even, these instruments help us to focus closely on something that we're looking at. And that's the sense of this word. It's, it's a clear focus. It's a focus in the midst of trials. In the midst of trials, our, our eyes often get focused on the trials itself. It gets distracted. In fact, even in our world today with the, our pandemic, we're, our focus is sort of scattered. There's so much information that's coming. News reports from the CDC, from our local government, from our state government, from, our, uh, from uh, different sources of information on the web. And it's, it's over, quite overwhelming. And it draws, each thing draws our focus. There's really only one thing that gives us encouragement, that guards us from losing, uh, being discouraged in this midst of, this, of, of our trial, and that is a focus on the things which are not seen. Paul's focus on the, is on the things that are not seen. He doesn't focus on the things that are seen because those things, the trials and afflictions of life, he's, are temporal, he says. They're, they're, they will pass. They will pass. They don't last. Rather, his sight is on the things that are, are not seen. The things that are not seen are the things that are spiritual. Not, the things not, uh, they're, they're, his focus is on God, the Father, on Jesus Christ, the Son, on the Holy Spirit. His focus is on the, the Spirit within, it, within his inner man, his inner self. His focus is on the, the souls of men and women all these things are not seen. His focus is on the word of God, the truths of God. These things are not seen. These things are eternal. 
They are ultimately those things which truly last. And Paul endures in the ministry. He doesn't lose heart because he knows that through it, through the ministry, he will see souls of men and women be saved to the glory of God. Paul had many things going for him. If you remember his life before he became a Christian, he was a, a, a very educated, a, pres- a prestigious Pharisee who was on the fast track to success in his career. He was like a young lawyer who was, a, 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 who was going to become a great uh, religious leader in his day. He was zealous, full of zeal in, in following his faith. We learn in Philippians chapter 3 that whatever things were gained to him, he counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Philippians 3.8, I want to read that for us. More than that, he says, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. He gave up all the things that were, would have been earthly gain to him because they were temporal. Instead, he spent his life pursuing the things which were of eternal lasting value, that he might gain Christ. I know the, for us, it, uh, this, this can encourage us today because for many, many of us, the coronavirus, COVID-19, has many of us focusing on the things which are temporal, not just the disease, but even the focusing on the things that we might lose. We're worried about our health. We're worried about our lives. We're worried about our loved ones, our jobs, our homes, our finances. We're worried about our plans. Many of the things we're worried about are things that are temporal, the things that we see. They see with, our, with everything that we see with our eyes is temporal. It's just for this life. In fact, you can't even take them with you when you die. The only thing that you can take with you when you die take with you into eternity is Jesus Christ. What are you focused on in life, brothers and sisters? If you're focused on the things that you can see, then you're going to spend time pursuing and trying to preserve those things that are ultimately are, are temporary and will not last. See, everything you see will come to an end. Even if you are to save it for now, you will eventually lose it. You cannot keep temporal things forever. You cannot keep these earthly treasures forever. But if your focus is on the things you cannot see, then you will, you will spend your time pursuing the things that are eternal. You'll be pursuing the things that can't be lost. You'll be pursuing things that bring, ultimately bring glory to God And that should be our focus in this time of affliction. These verses remind me of a quote from Jim Elliott, the missionary uh, uh, who gave his life reaching uh, the Aka Indians. And he wrote these words, which his wife uh, put, uh, put down and wrote in her book. Uh, and he said these words. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Brothers and sisters, this is a time for us to focus not on the things that we're going to lose, 
that we cannot keep. This is a time for us to focus on the things that which can never be lost, on things which are eternal. We have great opportunity this time to grow in our Christ-likeness, to grow in our faith, as this affliction is a, is a is, yes, can be, is, is a gift from God that would strengthen our faith in him to cause us to realize that the things that we're crying about or we're worried about or that we're distressed about, the things that we're, that we're losing are ultimately things that don't matter in eternity. But instead, that we would learn to gain the things that which truly last, the things which are eternal that we will never lose, and that is our hope of life eternal, the hope of glory with Christ the hope of being, uh, being conformed into the image of God's Son. These are, the, these are the things that matter. It's the opportunity for us to share this hope with many people in our lives who are, yes, worried about dying so that we would find our hope and trust in you, in the Lord. Then more and more, the grace of God might spread so that others would, be, would come and enter into his kingdom. Let us focus and look to God because he is our only hope in the face of afflictions, our eternal hope. As Paul would write in the next chapter, we walk by faith, not by sight. Brothers and sisters, let's walk by faith and not by sight. These three realities in Christ Keep us from losing heart in the face of increasing adversity and uncertainty. Our constant renewal into the image of Christ, our incomparable glory that far outweighs these momentary and light afflictions, and our eternal hope that we cannot lose because it is secure for us in Christ Jesus in heaven. May these realities shape your perspective and attitudes in facing this worldwide pandemic. And when the trial is over, may we find that the Lord's servants are more renewed, more devoted, and more focused on Christ and his gospel of salvation. If any of you out there who happen to join us for our live stream and do not yet know Jesus Christ, I want to invite you. Maybe you're watching because you're uncertain about how one ought to respond to this pandemic. Maybe you're afraid of getting sick, afraid of, of, of dying, and you turn to this channel or turn because you want to understand what the church has to say. The church has to say what Christ says. And the Christ says to come to him. Come to him, all who are weak and weary. Bring to him your burdens, and he will give you rest. Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for your sins so that whoever would turn from their life of sin and turn in faith to Christ might have the hope of not only forgiveness of sins, but the hope of life eternal with Christ. A hope that can never be lost. 
a hope that will, a, a, a future glory that will far outweigh the trials that we experience now in this life. If you're out there, I invite you to turn to him today and just express to him in, in prayer that you might receive him as your Savior and Lord. And you can contact us through the website and we'd be happy to encourage you and give you hope that is found in Christ. Let's pray, brothers and sisters. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word, Lord. And we pray that as we have heard from the Apostle Paul, that you would guard our hearts, keep us from losing heart, keep us from being discouraged, disheartened, especially when the pandemic gets even worse, especially when we, people are getting sick and sicker, especially when our loved ones around us maybe have their lives threatened. Father, we pray that we would realize that the things that matter ultimately are the things that you have given us, the things that we have in Christ. For Father, all that we experience now are but momentary and light. We know that awaiting us in eternity is a far greater glory. Thank you, Lord, for this hope that is eternal, that we can never lose. And though we do not see it right now, we know that your word tells us that it is eternal and cannot be lost. So, Father, we pray that you would cause your people, your church, to look to you and to focus our, set our eyes upon you. Help us to live our lives, not just for our own selves, but to live our lives as, continue, as your servants, continuing to trust in you, to serve you, to encourage uh, not only the saints in our, in our lives, but to reach out to the world and to give, offer up the hope and the love that is found in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we do pray for our world. We pray that through this time of a worldwide pandemic, that you would cause many to turn in hope in Jesus Christ. And Lord, use us, use your, the other churches in our city to proclaim and to show the love of Christ. Father, we pray, ask that you be with us, be with your saints throughout this week and the weeks to come. Keep us, Lord, in your perfect care. We thank you for this opportunity to draw near to you. And Lord, we rejoice with the psalmist. Thank you for the opportunity to draw near to your courts in praise. Help us to draw regularly and constantly together, even as we are apart. And we pray that you would return soon, Lord. May your kingdom come and bring an end to all this affliction. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Be safe and secure and well in Christ. You're, dis you're dismissed.